0: Welcome to the Yeah Girl podcast, where we're tackling hard topics with women of the word. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Yeah Girl
1: podcast. We're your host, Brianna Phillips, also known as Brie, And I'm Skylar Burrow. We are so excited to be sharing with you what we have planned for this podcast and yeah. the things we're going to be talking about. But first, Skylar and I already know each other pretty well. We've known each other two years. We've been doing um, serving in a lot of different ministries together, yeah. children's women's, young adults, yeah. youth, all of it,
0: all that fun stuff. <laughs> Literally all of it.
1: But we would like for you guys to get to know us a little bit. Yeah. So we have a silly icebreaker and a more serious
0: icebreaker. So Skylar, want to start us off? Yes, I really, really do. So Bree, what's the most embarrassing thing you ever did to impress your crush? All right. So <laughs> I was very shy and reserved
1: in high school and i mean i'm not that much different now um but yeah <laughs> this is not that <laughs> embarrassing to anyone else but it was to me Yeah. so senior year of high school um i had a really big crush on this one guy and um we saw each other pretty much every day he had long hair and then he got it cut i knew he got it cut <laughs> and so wednesday night for church i already had it planned that i was going to ask him hey did you get a haircut? (laughs) I was like, that's, that's what will start us talking. That'll Mm. start a conversation. But I didn't plan anything after that. (laughs) And so me and my friend go up to him and I was like, Hey, did you get a haircut? And he was like, yeah, I did. And he was like really excited about it and everything. (laughs) And then I was just silent. I was like, Oh, I didn't notice (laughs) trying to act cool about it or whatever. And so my friend looks at me and he looks at me and they're both like just puzzled. And she looks back at him and she's like, well, it looks good. (laughs) And then that was it. And we just kind of walked away. And at least she tried to speak for you. Yeah, That's what happens when I try to flirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. What about you?
0: Oh, this is one of those stories that makes me just cringe out of my skin every time I have to tell it, but I'm willing to do it for the sake of the podcast. Do it. Oh my gosh. So this is about like, three years ago I think um I was either a junior or a senior um in high school which is even more embarrassing it's like I should have known better um but this was a time when I don't know if your guys's churches were like this but longboards were really in like all of us were longboarding like my whole friend group we were longboarding everywhere we went like I don't know we were trying to be like cool skaters but also skateboarding is really hard so we did no. longboards <laughs> Um, so me and my friend group, my crush was in my friend group and we were longboarding and everything around the church parking lot before youth. And there's this really, really, really big and windy hill at the entrance of our church, like really big and windy. Like if your car goes too fast. Yeah, that one. If your car goes too fast, like I've seen people slide into poles, like it is a windy (laughs) entrance. Okay. So all my friends thought it would be a really good idea to longboard down that hill and, um, the guys did it and they did it like okay. Like they struggled a little bit, but they ended up doing it. And I was an okay longboarder. Like would I get tired, yes, but like I didn't fall off very often. So I was like, oh, I could do it. And my crush and my friends were watching and I was like, hey guys, I could do that too. And they were kind of like, Skylar, I don't think you can. And I was like, What? Yes I can. And so I got on my longboard and it started going down. And I don't know if you guys know longboards, but whenever like you don't have a lot of balance it starts to like wobble and so you get super unsteady if like your core isn't tight and everything oof so i started going down and just it started wobbling cuz i was going so fast like incredibly fast because it was downhill and I was trying to steer because it was windy and long story short I flew off my face <laughs> went into the concrete I thought I broke a rib like the wind was knocked out of me oh, like man. I was laying on the ground like <laughs> like <laughs> like that and so everyone came running up to me and then my crush ran up to me he was like are you okay I was like yeah I'm totally fine like everything's okay as I was like bleeding on my face like I had blood like dripping from places like my knees my face like it was so embarrassing and yeah safe to say he wasn't impressed with my longboard skills <laughs> after that and then I ha- went to youth with a bloody face so oh my gosh yeah that's amazing that's my horrible I love how you story. acted like it didn't even happen you're like yeah
1: everything's fine <laughs> blood yeah. dripping off a of face yes <laughs>
0: no, I'm, I'm very okay this is not hurt at all yeah <laughs> love uh, that yeah so
1: so we have a serious. <laughs> icebreaker now that you know some embarrassing things <laughs> about us yeah um, um so what is our serious
0: icebreaker question Skylar? so it is what is one thing someone taught you that you want to teach others
1: so for me um I would say so Skylar and I, I feel like I can speak for both of us here. We both love the Enneagram. Yes. And I, for anyone that knows it, I'm an Enneagram one wing two. Which I'm a
0: four, by the way. Four <laughs> wing three. So
1: a one basically means I'm a perfectionist mm-hmm. and um, I like things very orderly, very organized, but with that comes a very loud inner critic. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm critical of others. I just like things to be right. And mm-hmm. if they're not right, then there's no peace in me. Yeah. Um and so when I let that inner critic get too loud, I can make it seem Like I turn the narrative into other people thinking those things about myself, Mm -hmm. and I make myself believe, like, oh, these people think I'm horrible at this, Mm -hmm. or like, I'm not doing this correctly. It just makes me an awful person. And so I got to that point a couple months ago. Um, Currently, I'm on break from traveling with Life Action, um, and I – so when was it? I think we were in – I don't even remember where we were. Anyway, so (laughs) I – just became so overwhelmed and was just not healthy mentally. And I needed to talk to my team leader and just like have her counsel. And so Lori, bless her. I love her so stinking much. She has so much wisdom. Um, She and I sat down and I just let her know everything. I was letting her know um, what was going on in my brain. And she was like, all right, I want you to specifically name the things that you're insecure about, Mm -hmm. like out loud to me. I was like, ew, no, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) And so I did. And she said to do the most or the biggest one, the one that was like at the front of my brain. And so I did. And she was like, why do you believe that? And I was like, I don't know. And she asked me, well, who told you that Mm -hmm. to make you believe it? And I was like, well, nobody did. Mm She's like, exactly. It's in your head. And so she had me name more insecurities. And after each one, she asked me, who told you that? Mm. And I would have to tell her, well, this is why I think that. Nobody told me that. Mm -hmm. It's lies I'm feeding myself or lies that the enemy has fed me. And I just am getting way out of hand with it. And so that is one thing that was very practical that I've learned is very simple to grasp onto whenever I'm getting into that unhealthy mental space mm-hmm. where I'm just tearing myself apart. Um, yeah. cause she even told me, she's like, she knows that I'm a logical person. That's just mm-hmm. how my brain works. And so to give me something very simple to, to ask myself and it created a habit. And once it was a habit, I was able to first ask, recognize that it was a lie. I was telling myself, and then combat it with scripture, yeah. combat it with the truth. Yeah. And if I could teach anybody else something like that, that's just the most recent thing that yeah. I'm learning. And um, it's been super duper helpful to um, recognize the insecurity mm-hmm. and then fight it with truth.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what about you? So, something someone taught me that I want to teach others. Um, So, about a year ago, my grandma was diagnosed with um, ALS. So, that means that one part of your body just completely shuts down. And the thing for her is her throat. Um, And so, about a year ago, she got diagnosed with that. And the doctors basically put a number on her days and told her that she didn't have very long. Um, And so, after that, she came down to the church and me and my friends prayed over her And I don't know, she just wasn't fearful because I was fearful. Like I was like, God of healing, please like heal my grandma. Like, I know you can do it. You've done things like that before. Like I've seen you do it before and I pray you'll do it again. Like those kind of things. Um, but my grandma wasn't praying that prayer. She was praying that while she was alive, that she would share the gospel with as many people as possible. And that, um, she would leave a legacy that people would have to look at her life and be like, okay, why did she do that? Or why did she think like that? Like, what did she do differently? Mm -hmm. So she just had complete peace with like a number being on her days and knowing that God did that for a purpose. And that is something that I, want to be able to live through and teach others that, um, she's still she's still alive and she's still here and she's still leaving that legacy um but her throat has shut down and she's not able to speak but even just seeing her like still be nice to others and still have peace even though she's in pain she's mm. going through so many things um but she kind of just taught me that um your days are numbered whether like you know that how many days you have or not like your days are numbered like you need to rejoice in all of it yeah. you need to rejoice in the diagnosis you need to rejoice in the pain you need to rejoice in the heartbreak you need to rejoice in all of it because you don't have tomorrow You're not promised tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You don't know that, but you're not promised it. So that's definitely something that um, someone has taught me that I want to be able to teach others. That's so good. I love that. That's amazing. So now that you guys have kind of heard a little bit about us, our icebreakers, um, some things that inspire us, some things that keep us up at night thinking about how embarrassed we are, <laughs> um, we would also like to share with you guys just a little bit of our testimony just so you can really get to know us better. So Bree, will you start us off? Of course.
1: So I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian household. I went to a church that my family had gone to for generations. Like literally my grandparents met there in high school. My parents met there and then I went there until I was 12 years old. Um, we left around when I was 12 to go to a new church and um, nothing nothing bad. We just needed something that just mm-hmm. fed all my, all my family, the different members in my family, because yeah. um, I have four siblings. So we go to this new church and like I said earlier, I'm very reserved, very shy, um, and I was homeschooled, so that doesn't help either. <laughs> I had no social yeah. skills. There weren't really any kids my age at the church that I had grown up at, or really any girls. There were lots of guys, so my my brothers had friends. (laughs) (laughs) And I was with my brothers most of the time. But anyway, so this new church that we're at, they had tons of girls my age, and lots, a big youth group compared to my old church. And so my siblings all had their friends. And after church on Sundays, they would all get to go with their groups of friends for lunch and everything, and even my little sister too. And it was usually just me and my parents for lunch after Sundays or me and my parents and their friends. Well, this one particular Sunday, we were going to Culver's, just my parents and I. And I asked my mom and I was just like, I'm so confused. Why has Jesus not given me any mm-hmm. friends like my siblings? Why hasn't he blessed me with a community like them? I yeah. mean, 12 year old Bree didn't say it like that, but <laughs> um I was just so hurt and confused. And my mom, I don't remember everything my parents told me that day, but I remember my mom telling me, well, maybe Jesus wants to be your friend first. Mm. Maybe he wants to teach you how to be a friend. Like you need to have that personal relationship with him. And I had grown up in church, but I had Mm. no idea what having a personal relationship with Jesus looked like. I was like, I feel like I'd never heard that before. Like I probably did, but it was that day that the Holy spirit decided to open my eyes to it and was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. And so I asked my mom, like, what does that look like? Like, what do I do to have that? And so she laid out the plan of salvation for me, told me I was a sinner that we're all sinners, um, that God sent his only son to die for our sins. He paid that price that we owed and that he, we need to ask him for forgiveness to, um, come into our lives and help us lead lives that are glorifying to him. Mm -hmm. And so, um, after all that, I, that night prayed and was like, oh my goodness, like I am a sinner. Like I didn't realize it was me this whole time. Like I'm the one separating me from my Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I repented of my sins. I turned away from them. I asked God for forgiveness. I asked him to come into my life and to bless me and to, um, to teach me how to be a friend to others and so from then on he did like he came Mm -hmm. into my life holy spirit opened my eyes to all the scriptures that i had been memorizing growing up um what i had been reading i had a hunger and thirst for his word and was um actually reading it myself at 12 years old and understanding it for the first time in my life yeah and um started serving and so um and then he blessed me with the community too Mm -hmm. so from then on throughout high school um Well, first off, I, as a one, something that kind (laughs) of came with that was anxiety. And so (laughs) um, I had really bad anxiety when we first went to that church. And even after I like had Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, became bored again and had friends and everything, I still had extremely bad anxiety, like to the point on like Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings before socializing with people, I would be throwing up in the bathroom once we got to church. Um, I had a hard time eating before. And I mean, we're all girls and this thing it's anxiety. It makes no sense. Um, (laughs) I would get diarrhea too, like really bad. And so I'd either be throwing up diarrhea or just not eating at all. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was taking over my body is what it felt like. And it just like, that's how it was all throughout high school. And really until I was 19 Mm. or 20. And, um, I let's see. So in 2019, I ended up getting even worse mentally. Um, This was after high school, um, and I ended up getting to the point where I was super-duper depressed, very, very anxious, and um, I got to the point where I just did not want to live anymore. Mm -hmm. So I told my mom what I had planned to do the night before. This is in January 2019. And she, of course, was concerned Mm -hmm. and prayed with me, and um, she said, well, I ended up going to work that day. I probably shouldn't have, but <laughs> I did anyway. <laughs> and she called me while I was at work to just to make sure I was okay. And she said that um, one of our friends worked at a camp in Mississippi, and she had gone through something extremely similar to what I did mm-hmm. um, or what I was going through. And this camp helped her. It gave her a reason to live, mm. basically. It, um so my mom told me, she said, you know, you're called to children's ministry. So why don't you just, you have Jesus already. You have mm-hmm. a personal relationship with him. You know that you're going to be going to heaven. Like, you know, your your eternity is secured. Yeah. Um, but what about these children that you could yeah. be ministering to? What about you be that person that you needed growing up and that you be that friend that these staffers might need at that camp and she was like if you can't find anything else to live for not even for your family or your friends and she was honest with me and told me that she wasn't hurt by what i had said which was very mm. very helpful yeah um, cuz a lot of people can be offended yeah for sure that. so um i was like okay and so went through springtime and everything, working and preparing to go to that camp. And I went and it was very healing. Um, Something that I've learned is that when you are so discontent, the best thing to do is just start serving others to get Mm. your eyes off of yourself and onto others and onto God, like main thing. So I get back and some health issues started up, but they really kicked in in 2020, April of 2020. Mm-hmm. I had started going to culinary school because I was telling God that He couldn't use me in children's ministry. I didn't want to be a teacher. I was mm-hmm. too uncomfortable with it. I had too much anxiety, and I was just giving Him all these reasons. Um, oh, and to backtrack a little bit, sorry. Um, when I graduated high school, I knew God was calling me to life action, but. Mm-hmm. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to be <laughs> traveling a whole year away from my family, staying with strangers, teaching children. Like, no, absolutely yeah. not. And, um, oh, and for those that don't know what Life Action is, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Um, it's a ministry that travels um, from church to church, holding conferences, inspiring the church members to say their next yes to God and yeah. just get them to be doers of the word and not just hear. So yeah. I work with kids second to fifth grade. So there's the context. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, um, so with that context, uh, April 2020, I had my first ovarian cyst rupture the day after my birthday. This is mm. COVID, like two weeks into COVID, mm. and um, I had no idea what it was. And that was kind of pretty much the kickstart of all my health problems. I had nine ovarian cyst rupture within eight months, um, and they say that the pain from those are like having contractions in uh, childbirth. And I actually, no. one of my host moms this year, she had them too. And she was like, I would go through childbirth again <gasps> no. before having an ovarian cyst rupture. And wow. I was like, oh, I feel validated now. <laughs> I felt like such a wimp that whole time. See, it did hurt. Yeah, it did <laughs> hurt a lot. And so, um, yeah, that's what was happening then. But not just that my stress levels and anxiety were getting so bad it was affecting me even more so like physically to the point where my blood pressure was dropping and I feel I kept feeling like I was going to pass out like Mm -hmm. I wasn't having panic attacks anymore it was more like silent panic attacks where I just didn't know what was going on I just went numb Mm -hmm. practically and then um I started getting vertigo so what we know now that we didn't then is that I have vestibular migraines Mm -hmm. meaning that like I get migraines like other people that have like pretty much all the same triggers for people that have like chronic migraines Mm -hmm. but instead of a migraine headache I get vertigo I get Mm -hmm. extremely dizzy throw up sometimes I've had it so long that I I'm able not to throw up anymore this is probably TMI but (laughs) (laughs) I'm living with it now so open here yeah so um then They had no idea. With all these different health issues happening at the same time, the doctors had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so they were telling me the scariest things like that they could possibly tell me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was like, they're all being so mean right now. Mm -hmm. But they were telling me things like, oh, it's kidney failure. You'll have to get a kidney transplant. Maybe it's your heart or a brain tumor. Maybe you're an epileptic. And all these different things. And they got to the point where they were like, we don't know how much longer you have left to live. Mm -hmm. Like you're 20 Mm -hmm. years old, but your body's acting like it's 80. And I was like, what in the world? They told me I wasn't going to be able to have kids anymore. And I believed that for like, I don't even know how long, maybe a year. And then I ended up having a surgery done. And they were able to tell me, um, that I am able to have kids, praise the Lord. Um, but they, so that entire time, With that year before, being at where I was mentally and having to give that to the Lord, like after that camp and learning how to surrender that to Him Mm -hmm. and to allow Him to heal me and to do practical things that helped me heal, um, I don't know what what would have happened that year when all the physical health stuff happened. Because I'll look back at my prayer journals from that year, and my constant prayer was that Jesus would use it to testify to His glory, that it would just glorify him that if that he would do whatever he wants to do through me kind of like your grandma like you were saying earlier like no matter how much time i have left like do what you want through me like i'm your willing vessel like i'm your servant please do what you want but if i live through this use this as a testimony like i want it to um show your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy and so um Yeah, it's just really cool seeing God's timing with the mental health stuff, then the physical health stuff. And then Mm -hmm. after that, um, realizing the doctors told me that I wasn't gonna be able to work full time or go to school, like go back to culinary school, like I wasn't supposed to, because that's not what God told me to do. (laughs) They helped (laughs) so Yeah, so FBCO, the church that we go to now, I was talking to some people, some of the staff um, that I was friends with and was like, I can't work or do anything right now. Like the doctors told me to keep my stress levels low. They don't know what's going on. Um, and so I ended up just focusing on serving mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, we need a teacher here or hey, we need child care here or we need leadership for YA or there whatever it was. There was like yeah. a bunch of different areas I was able to serve in. And I felt like that was a transitional like season, I was like, this is just what I'm going to do in the meantime until God shows me what he wants me to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. Like, that's awesome. I did a lot of conferences with the youth. And after each one, I heard God very clearly tell me, this is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay, I'm doing it. I'm finally stepping into obedience when you called me so long ago to be in children's ministry and youth and to just serve. And, um, he told me that after each conference and I just kept kind of brushing it off. I was like, well, I'm doing it. If you want to be more specific, please do. And so February of last year, so 2021, um, I heard him tell me again and I was like, oh my gosh, you mean life action. Mm. And, um, I was like, I feel so stupid right now, but like, he finally like clicked it for me. And so I was like, all right, I'll pray about it. And I was like telling family and friends. I was like, I think, I really think this is what God wants me to do. I think I need to step into obedience. And they're like, why are you talking about it still? Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. And so I applied, I got in, God opened all the right doors. He, that was when we found out that I had vestibular migraines. Mm -hmm. It's when, um, we were finding out, that I was able to have kids again. Like after I had surrendered things to him, God Mm -hmm. was opening up doors. Once I was stepping into obedience and what he was telling me to do and living the way I was supposed to he started opening the right doors and was like this is where I want you to go this is how I'm gonna use you and so like I still have health problems but I've learned to praise him anyway yeah and have learned to that that in itself is a testimony to his faithfulness is when you're able to praise him no matter what happens Mm -hmm. in life just like you were saying with your grandma um, yeah. that doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. I'm still working at it. Mm-hmm. Um, just health wise, I I've it's a continual surrender. So mm-hmm. where I'm at now would be I mean, I'm with life action. I'm stepping into that obedience and I'm waiting for what he wants me to do next. Mm-hmm. And so he's That's been good. so good, so faithful, and there's a lot I left out, but um That's the yeah. gist. He's <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> what about you? Okay. Um, So something that's really cool that me and Brie learned too is that we actually have a lot of things in our testimony very in common. So even starting off our testimonies, um, I grew up in the church also. And um, um, there was a lot of problems with my home church. And there was a lot of things that um, I just didn't understand, like trying to understand like a relationship with Jesus. And um, I was trying to figure it all out on my own, kind of. I felt kind of um, alone through that. And um, we had a youth group, but it was so small. Um, and my parents weren't the strongest Christians. They were kind of lukewarm um, in the beginning. Hi, Mom and Dad, if you're listening to this. But it's very true, very lukewarm. Um, and they kind of just went to church because their parents went to church, and I went to church because my parents went to church. And, you know, it was just a whole line. Um, and so... Uh, Because of that, like, I grew up in a house where it was like, I know all the Bible stories, I know all the answers, but do I have a relationship with Jesus? No. Um, So long story short, my dad got sent overseas because he was in the military. And um, while he was overseas, he had a friend over there, and he watched his friend go through really hard things, Um, but he praised Jesus the whole way. And that really challenged my dad because my dad had been going through the motions all of his life of Christianity and just doing it to do it but never once did he sit down and think like, is God actually real? Mm -hmm. Um, So his friend really challenged him in that. And my dad was able to really just discover if God was real or not. And ultimately the answer was yes. Like he pulled Elise trouble, he did the investigations. Mm -hmm. Like the answer was yes to him, like God was real. So he came back from overseas and he was like a new man, like a new being, Um, which is just like the Bible says, the old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what my dad was. And it kind of freaked me and my mom out. you know because like (laughs) that's not normal (laughs) like that doesn't just happen like how are you just a completely different person yeah um so my mom was very weary but she was like open to the idea um, so, my dad transferred churches. Um, he helped us transfer churches. And so, we went to a new church. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't like the church at the time. It's a great church. Like, they, they do so many great things. And it was perfect for my parents, mm-hmm. but they had no youth anything. Like, I was the only kid my age. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not saying I didn't like it because it was a bad church. It's a great church, but just it was not for me at the time. Okay. Um, and so, I was about 13 then. Um, and around that same time, Um, I got diagnosed with Um, growth hormone deficiency so what that means is like my body doesn't produce produce enough growth hormone so that means whenever I was like a freshman in high school I looked like a fifth grader and that really (laughs) that's a big part of my testimony because that really made me have horrible self-esteem issues and it made me feel very like not good about myself and unwanted and Mm -hmm. that's a big part of my mom's testimony too because she had to watch me go through that and we were just in a season for a long time of like trying to figure out what was wrong Um, this is another thing that me and have in common just like the waiting like (laughs) the waiting of health issues was crazy and the doctors did the same thing to me they were like oh you might have turner syndrome you might not be able to have children like all those things and that was a big thing for my mom um as she was transitioning into like you know the christian life this that's something that she had to surrender because she could have no control over it and i could have no control over it um So that was around the same time that um, we started going to the other church. And so I finally got put on medication. And so I had to inject myself every day, which at the time was like the worst thing in the world. Like no 13 year old wants to like give themselves a shot every day. But looking back, like it was definitely worth it. And I praise God that he was able to diagnose me. Um, So around that time, too, I all my friends and I went to the same or obviously went to the same school, but they all went to the same (laughs) church. Um, So we went to a private school and the church in the private school, which is the church that we're in now, they all went there and they had youth group and they would always talk about how much they loved youth group and how exciting it was and all this stuff. And I was like, I've never been to a youth group that sounds like this. Like, I want to go. But my problem is is I lived in St. Louis. So in order to go to, like, you know, 45-minute youth group, my mom would have to drive 45 minutes here and then 45 minutes back, you wow. know. So that was always a big problem. But, like, she would do what she could whenever she could, you know. But there wasn't that much, like, that she could do. Like, I had school the next morning. Like, <laughs> there was only so much she could do. Um, But I tried to come here as much as I could. And whenever I turned 16, I um, got my license and I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to youth every night. I'm going to youth Sundays. I'm going to youth on Wednesdays. I'm going to youth Sunday mornings. Like, this is now, like, my thing. And my parents were okay with it because they did know I needed that, like, community. And it -hmm. it was different not growing up in church, really, with my parents, especially after the teenage years, because that seems like a very, like, you know, important point of your life. Um, But I'm glad... That they did give me the freedom to do that because if they didn't, I don't think I would be where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am very grateful for that. Um, and soon after that, we actually got a new youth pastor, and he challenged us in every way because like the old youth pastor was so good, and but he. he'll he'll tell you what you want to hear you know like he would Mm. challenge you sometimes but it was very easy to like forget it but our new youth pastor was very in your face like in a good way but like hey this is what the bible says and you need to do it otherwise you are not glorifying the lord and i was like oh my gosh okay (laughs) i guess i'll start doing that um but around the same time there was a boy in the youth group Of course, the boys yeah they gotta ruin it that's why no boys are allowed (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) just kidding well
1: No no boys, sorry.
0: (laughs) Leave now. Yeah, bye. Um, But anyways, so a boy came into my life and it was around the same time that I really started like having a relationship like with the Lord. Um, But that soon changed a little bit as it was constantly like, wanting to like go to youth for the boy and like wanting to be around him and like that was more important than reading my bible I wanted to snapchat him and I wanted to text him and those things you mm. know girls don't do it boys aren't worth it in youth group I promise Absolutely I promise not. you right now <laughs> um <laughs> they say that they'll be your husband but most of the time I'm sorry they won't be you know they have no idea yeah you guys don't know I promise <laughs> just listen to this advice please <laughs> um but anyways it could work out. We're not professionals, but I'm just letting you know. <laughs> in our experience, in it our doesn't. experience, <laughs> it did not work out. Um, but anyways. Um so me and this boy would start doing things because, you know, that's what everyone did. And I'm not going to like blame this on public school, but he went to public school. So he was ex- exposed to a lot more things than I was mm. going to private school. So it was very much a culture shock. And I he would tell me things and like ask me to do things like all this stuff. And I was like, OK, like I don't I didn't understand. And I know that sounds really ignorant, but truly like you don't understand those things if you've like never heard them before or if like you've only seen them in movies and you're like well this is actually different than how i saw it in the movies and like that kind of stuff so i would like do things but i always felt conviction like Mm. i know that the holy like god never left me through that because i there was constant conviction um but there was also constantly this boy telling me that it was okay because we're gonna get married and like that those lies you know Mm. that you get told So I was just constantly confused and my flesh and my spirit like fought and this went on for two years which is two years longer than it should have gone on. Um, I would open up my Bible and I would immediately close it because you know so much conviction and it would like make me feel bad to like read my Bible which at the time I didn't understand because I was like oh if I'm going through something shouldn't the Bible like make me feel good but that was the whole point is that it was literally God being like, "Girl, stop what you're doing! Like, right. come on, run to me! Like, yeah. you don't need this guy." And I was like, "Um, yeah, but I don't want to be single because all my friends have boyfriends, and I really like him. And he said that he's gonna marry me. And so, yeah, thanks God for the advice, but I'm not gonna do that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> he let me do it for two years, and. This is part of my testimony that I'm just always so shocked by because like he let me do it for two years, but he still remained faithful through the whole thing. Like Mm. no matter how far I ran, no matter how long it took me to come back, like he was there and that's why I felt conviction and that's why I felt the spirit and that's why I still wanted to go to church and I still wanted to hear the word of God and still be in my word because he hadn't left me. So I still yearned for him Mm. Um, and that was such a beautiful thing to see. Um. And so we graduated, and everyone thought we were, like, the perfect couple, you know? We were, like, the youth group couple. That's Mm. what a lot of my friends told me after we broke up. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) I was like, oh, that does not make me feel better at all. Thank you. (laughs) But anyways, we were called, like, the youth group couple and all that stuff, and then finally after we graduated, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and so we were having our last like relationship series. Um, and we were doing a QA. and a And so there were like couples on stage, like talking about marriage and everything. And I was like, I want my life to look like that. And I mm-hmm. want to be pure and I want to do everything right. And all that stuff. And please, Lord, just like tell me what to do. And he was like, great, break up with him. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that's actually what you mean? And God was like, yes, I've been telling you this for two years and you know it. And so finally I did. I texted him. I was like, we're done because we'd been like on again, off again, you know, mm. like uh, distance makes a heart grow fonder, like, oh, we'll end up back together, those kind of things. So even whenever I broke up with him this time, like Part of me was still like, well, it's okay, because we'll get back together again. But actually, God made sure that that did not happen. Good. <laughs> he put people in my life that were like, Skylar, don't you dare text him. Skylar, I know he <laughs> sent you that, but don't you dare respond, like block him, like all those things, mm. which seems like an extreme because it's not like he was a bad guy, but it was just like, that's not what I needed at right. the time. Um, so he blessed me and put people in my life that did that. Um, and because of that, I... Um, after I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do for college, especially now that I just like broke up with him. And I don't know, everything just felt so like surreal. Like what on earth is my life now? Like I have no constant, like all my friends left for college. I don't have a boyfriend anymore. Like it's like my slate got wiped clean, but I didn't want it to. Mm. Um, so whenever I graduated high school, um, and I started taking college classes, I was like, God, I don't know what you want like me to do. Like, I feel like I can't, do anything like I wasn't the best in school y'all like I really like struggled and I tell myself I was going to study did I have learning disabilities yes but could I have tried harder absolutely I (laughs) definitely could have tried harder um but there was just so much that like there was so much like I had weighing on myself like that had to do with college and so whenever I like was looking at colleges and stuff like everyone else was going away so I was like okay great I'll go away too but just that never felt good to me and like Mm. I know you're not supposed to like follow things that feel good but there was no peace with that ever and which is crazy because I'm normally the kind of person who's like follow the crowd like your friends are going somewhere go somewhere but I felt complete peace with just staying home by myself which is crazy because I'm such a people person yeah and so watching all my people leave and like being left with like almost nothing like that was crazy but the fact that god gave me peace through that like means that god can give me peace through anything mm-hmm. if i'm being honest um so i started going to college for crisis counseling and um it was good and i that's just something that i enjoyed learning about so i just did it um and i'm glad that i did that because god really like showed me what i was actually going to do through that um, and so while I was doing that, I was working at a nonprofit, um, Christian organization, um, but not all, everyone had the same belief. So it was kind of hard to work there. Um, and there was a lot of opposing views and it was just kind of draining. Um, but I felt a call to ministry, but I didn't know what to do with it. Cause I was a woman. So mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? You know, like, what am I, I'm just supposed to work in childcare. Like that's right. what people have like told you. Right. Um, like, oh, you're a woman? Okay, go babysit or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's really what the church says, which nothing against, like, obviously, like, you work in, tr- like, children and everything yeah. like that. And that is a calling, but that's not every woman's calling. But right. that's I just didn't where people's that. minds go to. Exactly. First. Yeah. They're like, oh, woman, child, you know? Mm-hmm. So. That was really hard because I d- almost didn't want the call because that's not what I wanted like for my life because I thought I like knew better. Mm. It's like you know whenever people are like, well, I don't want to be a ministry because that means you have to be a missionary. Like that was me except for it was child like uh. childrens. So, like I don't want to be a ministry because that means I have to like you know work with children and I love children, but that's just not like where my joy. Like I didn't find joy in that. Um, so ultimately, there this job came up. Um, at the church we're at now actually and it was for preteens so it wasn't really kids actually which was very cool so it was like um kids going into middle school and it was running the preteen ministry and um the lady who ran it was leaving jen actually hi jen yeah shout out to jen um but she was leaving and she was like skylar you really should apply and i was like all right i guess i'll apply um but whenever i sent in my application the hr guy was actually like hey The applications are actually closed. We'll like submit you. But like we can't promise you'll even get an interview. And I was like, that's fine. Like, you know, I was just submitting it to see what would happen. And so I was at my job one day and my old boss came up to me and he was like, hey, do you want Wednesday off? like we have too many people working here and it was a nonprofit, so that never happened like Mm. too many people working was like unheard of and i was like and the fact that he chose me not to work like he could have chosen himself you know right and i was like okay sure like i'll take a wednesday off like i always worked wednesdays and um shortly after that the hr guy texted me and said hey we just had an interview spot open for wednesday can you come in and i was like I literally sat there and I was like, whoa, like I just watched God move, you know, like Mm -hmm. that was crazy. And so long story short, I went into the interview and I didn't know a lot of the people there. There was one guy that I kind of knew and I don't know, I felt very much like I didn't belong there. Um, But I interviewed and um, I was walking out of the interview and the HR guy was like, that was the best interview I have ever. That was one of the best interviews. You were so good at interviewing. And I was like, oh my gosh, thanks. Um. So then, that was on a Wednesday, and so then that next Thursday, I was at church, and because um, we have our young adult group on Thursdays. So I was a newbie young adult. I remember you were a little green bean. I was. I was a little freshy, um, at the young adult thing. But um, the HR guy came up to me and said, "Hey, you got the job," and I literally st- I started crying. Aww. I was like, "No way!" God just moved like so abruptly like that you know what I mean like it was so crazy and he actually told me too that they had someone else lined up for the job that they were about to give it to until I interviewed and I was like wow my gosh (laughs) like that's so crazy yeah so I got the job and that was just that is still like one of the biggest points of my testimony where like some, a spiritual gift that I don't have that I've been struggling with lately is faith. Like it is very hard for me to like have complete like blind faith. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm like Thomas, I'm like Jesus, show me your hands, like prove it. Um, Which is something I've been trying to learn through, but that is a big, like anytime I'm struggling with faith, I think back to that moment and how everything aligns so perfectly yeah. and how life doesn't happen like that. Like that's not right. how it goes. Um so I worked in the preteen ministry for a year and I actually just got moved up to student ministry assistant, um, which is awesome. Cause I love working with teenagers and young adults. Like that is like, that's where I always felt my calling was not with mm-hmm. children's ministry. Um, but still I didn't know what to do with that cause I was a woman. So I didn't know if that was possible. Um, so then I interviewed and got the job here, at, um, for the student ministry assistant. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like God is so good. And like, this is something that I think it was really cool, too, that since I do have a faith problem, like, God knows me so well that he was able to, like, hold my hand and walk with me through, like, all of that, like, the job interviews, like, the faith issues, like, all that stuff, and getting a job that, like, I felt comfortable with, but also that he knew would stretch me, you know, to be the woman I am today, so... That's amazing. That's where I am now. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> this is my testimony. Um, sorry, guys. I kind of paused at the beginning because we looked at the computer and we thought it stopped recording. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Sorry that was kind of <laughs> awkward. But <laughs> okay. So. For this podcast, you guys kind of heard that um, we're really called to young adults and um, Brady's called the children and I'm called the students. But something that we really have in common is that we're both called to like young adults because we've been Mm -hmm. in like young adult shoes, whether it's anxiety, health issues, relationship problems, like we've been there. Um, Not saying that we're professionals or we know everything and that kind of stuff. but Definitely not. (laughs) But just, you know, maybe listening to a couple of young adult girls who are going through the same thing as you just talk with you and helping you out maybe that would be good for you because i know that would have been good for me at the time so me too that's kind of why we did this age group and that's kind of our goal of this podcast is we're really excited to go through some topics with you guys that maybe are too taboo to like talk about at church but um so there's something that need to be talked about especially with like women and um we're really excited to do that um so along with that we're going to open up a q a link for you guys um so if you guys would text yeah girl to 618 Two two four one two one six. you will be able to send in a question that we will be able to answer um, at the end of a podcast. We're going to have like a little Q&A section um, at the end where we really get to interact with you guys and we really get to talk to you guys. And we're so excited to do that um, because we really feel like we can relate to you. And so maybe if we get to answer your questions, maybe we don't even have the answer, but we can say like what Bible verses helped us through or mm-hmm. maybe um, what experiences we've had and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Super excited. We've been yeah. praying
1: about this for a while. God laid it on our hearts at the yeah. same time. And we had no idea until yeah, recently. Seriously. Like it's been a while that I was like, oh my goodness, no, I can't do a podcast. Yeah, I, I don't like want to listen podcast? to myself. Yeah, You want to hear God, me you're talk? Crazy Absolutely for that. not. Yeah. <laughs> and then God working on both of us, one of us mentioned it and we are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <Damn Yeah>. it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> now true. we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. So we are so excited and expectant to see what God does through this. Yeah. We pray that it encourages you, that it, it challenges you and that it you. Yeah. You. So um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.